0: Joy to the world the Lord has come let earth receive her king. Joy to the world well it is that season again and of course you've heard of the hymn Joy to the world This popular hymn is a favorite of many around the holiday season. Did you know that the hymn's focus is actually on the second coming of the Messiah, not the first? Reading through the different stanzas of the song certainly make this clear. Well, welcome to the Tove Podcast. My name's Levi Hazen. I have the privilege of being your host for today, as well as serving as the Executive Director of Life and Messiah International since 1887. Life in Messiah has been sharing the good news of the Messiah as well as standing against anti Semitism. You can learn more about the work that God is currently doing through our staff by visiting us on the web at lifeinmessiah.org. Well, Joy to the World was originally written by Isaac Watts, a good old Englishman, and it's based on Psalm 98. Watts actually wrote hundreds of hymns, not only Joy to the World, but also When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. Joy to the World is written about the second coming of the King, that is, the Jewish Messiah, the Jewish King, Yeshua, Jesus, his name in English. Just listen to the second stanza here. Joy to the World, the Savior reigns, let all the songs employ while fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. Stanza three, he rules the world with truth and grace, and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love. For joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing. What a wonderful song this is. And what I'd like to do is talk about that exact event, when the King comes. Because indeed, the King is coming, and he's coming soon. We don't know exactly when. It could be today. It could be next week, or it could be hundreds of years from now. But the Bible's clear. The King is on his way. He is coming. And as the song implores us, We need to make sure our hearts have room for him. Have you already made room in your heart for the king that's on his way? To begin today's study, we're going to start in Psalm 72. The Moody Bible Commentary tells us that Psalm 72 is a royal psalm, but it's not primarily about David or Solomon. Rather, it's a description of the Messiah. Indeed, extravagant descriptions that go far beyond David or Solomon. In fact, it was understood as messianic by early Jewish tradition, even though it's not cited in the New Testament. It has a long tradition of being messianic. And just as Psalm 2 looked forward to the fulfillment of the messianic promises, Psalm 72 reiterates many of the same themes. It was written by Solomon, a son of David, and indeed his authorship would have evoked the hope of the Messiah, within those who read it. Psalm 72, verses 1 through 4, we see a request for righteousness. This is not simply a prayer, but this is an ideation, an articulation of who the ideal king is that's coming. In verse 1, we see Solomon's desire that God would give his justice to the king. It says this, quote, God, give your justice to the king and your righteousness to the king's son. Why would Solomon desire that God give his justice to the king? Well, because God's justice is perfect. In verse 2, we see what will happen if God grants this request. Verse 2, he will judge your people with righteousness and your afflicted ones with justice. You see, the king is the only one who can judge people with perfect righteousness which of course includes bringing justice for afflicted peoples verse 3 says may the mountains bring prosperity to the people and the hills righteousness here we see the idea of the messianic reign of the messiah in fact writing a few centuries later isaiah the prophet provides a similar description in his 11th chapter Isaiah chapter 11 tells us that a shoot will grow from the stump of Jesse. This means that out of Jesse's line, out of David's line, a shoot will grow. A branch from his roots will bear fruit. Of course, we're talking about a person here. Verse 2 says, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. Now, what's interesting there is that you have the spirit as a person. You have the Lord and it will rest on him. This spirit is a spirit of wisdom and understanding, a spirit of counsel and strength, a spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. Verse 3 tells us this future king, well, his delight will be in the fear of the Lord, and he's not going to judge by what he sees with his eyes. He's not going to execute justice by what he hears with his ears. You see, this king is intensely loyal to God, and he knows the hearts, the motivations of the people. Verse 4 says he'll judge the poor righteously and execute justice for the oppressed of the land. He is a perfect judge providing justice for all. He's going to strike the land with discipline from his mouth and he will kill the wicked with a command from his lips. Righteousness will be a belt around his loins and faithfulness will be a belt around his waist. In other words, these things are such a part of the king that it's like he's wearing them as clothing righteousness and faithfulness now when the king comes he's going to usher in a kingdom of course we've talked about that kingdom many times here on the Tove podcast before it's the messianic kingdom it's the kingdom that the prophets talk about it's the kingdom that the king jesus said pray that it comes it's the kingdom that's talked about in the book of revelation and the kingdom comes when the king comes in fact if you're interested in this future literal kingdom check out our series called demystifying the millennial kingdom. Isaiah 11 verse 6 describes the nature of this kingdom. When Isaiah says the wolf's going to lie down with the lamb and the leopard will lie down with the young goat, the calf, the young lion, and the fatling will be together. There's going to be perfect harmony between animals in this kingdom. The cow and the bear will graze and their young ones will lie down together. The lion's going to eat straw like The ox. So we see there a harmony between animals, but it's not just between animals. It's also between animals and people. Verse 8 says, An infant will play beside the cobra's pit, and a toddler will put his hand into a snake's den. None will harm or destroy on my entire holy mountain, for the land will be as full of the knowledge of the Lord as the sea is filled with water. Verse 10, On that day the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will seek him, and his resting place will be glorious. Of course, his resting place is in Zion, Jerusalem, the holy mountain. Verse 11, on that day, the Lord will extend his hand a second time to recover from Assyria, Egypt, Pathros, Cush, Elam, Shinar, Hamat, and the coasts and islands of the west, the remnant of his people who survive. Now, this is a fascinating verse. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 11, tells us that on that day, in other words, when the root of Jesse stands as a banner for the peoples in Jerusalem. The nations are going to seek him. Jerusalem's going to be glorious. And it says when that happens, he's going to extend his hand a second time to recover the dispersed of Israel, to collect the scattered of Judah. This is what it says in verse 12. He'll lift up a banner or a rallying point for the nations and gather the dispersed of Israel. He'll collect the scattered of Judah from the four corners of the earth. Now, we've talked about this before on the Tove podcast, but this is crucial that Isaiah says it's a second time. Starting in about 1882, the Lord began to call the Jewish people from all over the globe back to the promised land. In 1948, the nation of Israel was rebirthed again. No other time in history has a people been exiled from their homeland for so long and been brought back to live in it. No other time in history had a people's original language been dead for so long and the language been revived again. It is absolutely clear to anyone willing to listen that God is working among the nation of Israel today. But Isaiah 11 here says that a second time it's going to happen. And that second time is in the context of the final time, It goes to reason since the second time is the final time, the time of blessing, the time of coming into relationship with God, the time of spiritual restoration for Israel, talked about here in Isaiah 11. If the second time is the final time, and right now there is a time when it's happening, then this must be the first time. And so you ask yourself, okay, if the second time is the final time, and the second time is not right now, the second time is a time of blessing— and we're not there right now, Israel's not in the right relationship with God, as she will be on a national scale in the future, what's happening right now? Well, what's happening right now is that Israel is being gathered together in unbelief, just as Ezekiel 37 in the Valley of Dry Bones vision tells us she would. She's being gathered together in unbelief to be brought into a covenant relationship with God himself. She's being gathered together in unbelief so that the Lord can put her through the refining fire that needs to happen to bring all Israel, Paul says, into a saving relationship with himself. So is the current modern-day Israel the Israel we see described in Isaiah 11? Well, no, they're not there yet. But does that then mean that God is not working among the present-day nation of Israel? Absolutely not. That's a non-sequitur. In fact, what we see today with the people of Israel and the nation of Israel is exactly what we would expect if the Bible is true. You can learn more about Ezekiel's vision of dry bones and how the Lord will call unbelieving Jewish people back to the land in stages by listening to the Tove podcast titled, Will the Dry Bones Live Again? We take an in-depth look at Ezekiel 37. Regardless, what we're seeing here is that this Davidic king will return, and when he returns, it's joy to the world, for the king has come. And he's establishing his righteous reign. He's establishing his justice. He's establishing his throne. So we learn from Psalm 72 in Isaiah chapter 11 that when the king comes, he establishes his kingdom. Obviously, we're not there yet. Now, what's really fascinating is that this kingdom is going to have borders. And even though the king is going to reign over a specific land with borders, the knowledge of the Lord and indeed his reign extends all over the earth. Verse 8 of Psalm 72 says, May he rule from sea to sea and from the Euphrates to the ends of the earth. The specific reference here from sea to sea is from the Mediterranean Sea to the Dead Sea. And, of course, from the Euphrates, that's a river to the ends of the earth. These borders that are mentioned also match the borders mentioned in Psalm 89, another wonderful Messianic psalm that talks about the future son of David coming to rule. Psalm 89, verse 25 says, I will extend his power to the sea and his right hand to the rivers. In other words, from the river to the sea, a Jewish king is going to rule over thee. Now, surely you've already noticed that there's an anti-Semitic chant going around that says, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. What's happened here is that the enemy of mankind has simply taken the words of Scripture and completely twisted them, as he does about all kinds of other subjects. The Bible says in Psalm 89 that from the river to the sea, the Messianic king is going to rule. However, when the enemies of God and the enemies of Israel chant from the river to the sea, what they mean is the extermination of the Jewish people. And if the extermination of the Jewish people happens, then Satan has succeeded in completely thwarting the plan of God. For it also says in Psalm 89 verse 36 that his offspring, David's offspring, the Jewish people, will continue forever. His throne, like the sun before me, like the moon established forever a faithful witness in the sky. Jeremiah chapter 31 also says the same thing. Jeremiah chapter 31, starting at verse 35, says this is what the Lord says, the one who gives the sun for light by day, the fixed order of moon and stars for light by night, who stirs up the sea and makes its waves roar. Yahweh of hosts is his name. If this fixed order departs from my presence, this is the Lord's declaration, then also Israel's descendants will cease to be a nation before me forever. A couple weeks ago on the Tove podcast, Wes Tabor was a guest and we talked about this reality that Israel's enemies want to completely wipe them out. And if they succeed in doing so, then the enemy has made God out to be a liar. And so from the river to the sea is a twisting of God's truth, talking about the extermination of God's people. From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free is what they say. The scriptures teach something different. The scriptures teach that, number one, you cannot annihilate the Jewish people. Number two, it'll be a Jewish king who rules over a reestablished Israel in the Messianic kingdom. The enemies of God hate this. Why? Because Satan hates it. Satan knows the Bible. He knows that the king is coming to set up a kingdom. He knows the borders of this kingdom. He knows that Jesus' throne will be in Jerusalem someday, and he knows that that'll bring joy to the world because it'll mean his absolute demise. It'll mean that he'll be thrown into the abyss for a thousand years and then released, defeated again, and sent to the lake of fire for eternal punishment. Joy to the world for the Jewish king is coming. In conclusion, one more passage that talks about this future time when the king is coming is Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 3 says, For I, Yahweh your God, the Holy One of Israel and your Savior, give Egypt as a ransom for you, Cush and Savah in your place. Speaking to Israel, he says, Because you are precious in my sight and honored and I love you, I will give people in exchange for you and nations instead of your life. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from far away and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone called by my name and created for my glory, I formed him. Indeed, I have made him. You see, God considers Israel so precious, the Moody Bible Commentary says, so honored and so loved that he will sacrifice other nations in its stead. I'd like to make you aware of a wonderful 30 day journey. This wonderful resource has just become available on Amazon.com, or you can go to Life and Messiah's website, click on the Moody Radio tab, give a donation for any amount, and we will send you your very own copy of a 30 day journey sharing God's heart. Through this wonderful resource that was put together by Life and Messiah staff and board members, You'll discover the theological basis for Jewish ministry. You'll gain awareness of anti-Semitism in the world. You'll learn Jewish cultural sensitivities and, of course, receive the encouragement to share your faith. At Life and Messiah, we believe we can reach the Jewish people with the gospel. All it takes is a willingness to share God's heart for them. Would you join us in our endeavor of sharing God's heart for the Jewish people? Would you share the good news with your Jewish friends this holiday season? Again, we want to offer this resource to you. You can find it at amazon.com or get on Life and Messiah's website at lifeandmessiah.org. Click on the Moody Radio tab and give a gift of any amount during the month of December, and within a few weeks we will mail you your very own copy of A 30-Day Journey Sharing God's Heart. Thank you so much for joining us today as we explored joy to the world and what it means exactly. When we're inviting the king to come and establish his kingdom, it's a day that is going to be joyous. It's a day that is going to be full of harmony between people, between animals, and it's a day that I hope you're going to be there for, because if you know the king, you've punched your ticket to that kingdom. If you don't yet know the king, the king Messiah, the king of Israel, Jesus of Nazareth, today is the day to place your faith in him. Otherwise, If the king comes to establish his kingdom and you're on the outside, that's where you're going to remain. And trust me, based on the Bible's descriptions, you're going to want to be part of this kingdom. You can listen to previous episodes of the Tove Podcast by visiting us on the web at lifeandmessiah.org or anywhere else you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for joining us today. Until next time, Shalom.